I feel like you're just you have such better emotional intelligence than me. <laughs> How do you want to start this one? You think I have better emotional intelligence than you? Yeah, you're more sensitive and tasteful, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like if I come in hot okay. trying to joke around today. Okay. okay. Hello, everyone. Hey there. Are you guys okay? Welcome to the show. It feels like a strange time to be recording a podcast. But an important time for two whites (laughs) to let their voices be heard. (laughs) I don't know. If that's the best way to phrase it, but I get what you're saying. Uh, That a conversation has to be had and... I was trying to make a really bad joke, that's all. Oh. Even though we start... Before we really kicked off, uh, Mahan here was like, you've got better emotional intelligence. I'm going to let you just kind of like lead the path before I make like jokey jokes. And then... You just couldn't resist. I waited. I waited. You're a comedian. I waited six and a half seconds. Uh, so this is who cares about Ross and Patrick. You definitely shouldn't care about us yeah, right really, now. Yeah, really, who does we care? We are the lowest bottom of the totem pole, for sure. That's probably racist, saying totem we're, pole. Yeah, we're on the lowest bottom of the totem That's pole. That's probably not something I should say. So yeah, we're going to have a little powwow. Oh, God. We're all unlearning a lot, you know? I did say powwow. We've talked about this on the podcast. Have we talked? I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, I think it was. I can't really remember what it even was. Listen, or don't. The thing is (laughs) that uh, things, it even feels weird to say things are really fucked up right now because they are. Um, we all know that, but they have been right. Yeah. So it feels very, um, acknowledging of our own inherent, like racism and privilege and complacency by being like, it's so fucked up right now. And it's like, actually it's always been fucked up. Yeah. We're just at a bit of a heated precipice I think because COVID and like everyone's been indoors for ages and this shit like racism and structural racism and institutionalized racism has been going on for literally centuries Uh, but there's something Brewing in people waking up in a different way, I think, currently, because we've all been locked away in a certain sense for a while. There's that sound again. I don't know what that is. I think I didn't ground this plug. The plug that we're using is not grounded. Okay, we're back. I think I fixed it. Some technical difficulties that are going to take us out of the moment, so we paused. And now we're back. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I it, It's horrible. 
and it's always been horrible for many, many people for huge parts of our society. It, it's just been horrible to be um, profiled and prejudiced against and mm. and, uh, re- and scared, suppressed and um, targeted. And uh, it's just but but yeah, we're at a flashpoint. That feels important. It feels like we're in a historical yeah. moment. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm hoping this like actually leads to something. I know. I know. I think that's the... Because I think when Trump got elected, we all felt like that was the tipping point. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you and I and some of our other friends all white people uh we were really upset by donald trump winning and you know tried to like put together an action group to do things and um we were just recalling that today with a friend of ours and that you know it didn't really go anywhere and um you know it's just like there's terrible things going on all the time and it's hard to figure out where to put your energy but I think the resounding uh, plea if that's the right word or um, the resounding idea is that like we as white people or people who pass as white we have the privilege of checking out when we need to check out and meaning remaining silent remaining silent just like I can't take this I'm out like I'm gonna watch 90 day fiance and like live my life in my bubble and be like concerned about my daily nonsense and not get too worked up about the other stuff like I have a choice in Mm -hmm. that and um people of color don't, you know? Yeah. Like I'm sure people of color check out in their own way. It's not like they're, you know, living, breathing, eating, sleeping 24 hours a day, the trauma, but in some ways they are in a way Mm -hmm. that we just are not, Yeah. you know, like we can put it down. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, it's so interesting this week if you took it in a bubble like in a vacuum and did a case study like maybe 10 or 14 days ago I forget when it became like this news item that Hannah Brown from one of the recent seasons of The Bachelorette uh, said the n-word in her Instagram Mm -hmm. stories and it was like a feeding frenzy to like call her out and make fun of her and I love that shit I love a fucking idiot celebrity making uh, a faux pas like that that we can all we can all get behind you know mm. and then it was on and like mo- how could you be so foolish yeah and then monday morning it's the woman in central park uh mm. gonna call the cops on this guy who didn't do anything to her and she's racially profiling him and getting hysterical on the phone and by that afternoon her 
the the investment firm she worked for put out a public statement that she's fired. She doesn't work for us. We don't want to be associated with racists <laughs> in our firm. And it's like, yes, a fucking public shaming. We can all get behind it. Meanwhile, so, it's like they don't want to be associated with racists. I'm like, let's check the receipts on this fucking investment firm. Yeah, yeah, who knows? <laughs> but I love, like, I have to admit that I get this like delight out of those kinds of situations Mm -hmm. because I know I'm a college educated white man Mm -hmm. who went to school with a very diverse Mm -hmm. set of people I had friends of all races and nationalities and Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of that and that I got along well with everybody and uh I'm one of the good guys Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um and it feels congratulating ourselves yes. for being very good allies. Yes. Yeah. And yeah meanwhile, yeah. I'm not actually doing anything. No. I'm just. I just know not to say the N word on my <laughs> Instagram stories. You know. Well, and I think that there is a level of sympathy, potentially even empathy at times, uh, to the like being an empathic person you are able to understand things that are going on. I think, I think over the past, I don't even know if I want to say several years, but I think some years have gone by where it's like, these things are not shocking to me anymore. Like I, you know, I've been reading that a lot on Instagram too, with various accounts of like black people and and people of color that I follow or businesses that are run by people of color. They're like, you know, sick of white people's shock. Right. And, um, I don't feel like I've experienced that in a long time. Like, I feel like I'm pretty aware to how in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not incessant, but like insidious. I'm, I'm pretty aware of how insidious it all is. Um, and but, you know, it's like when you talk to some older generations, like my parents, for instance, I'm sure that they would say that they were allies and that they're not racist, you know, and but it's like there is shock to them every time they hear something like this. You know, I was like yeah. discussing the um, the black maternal mortality rate and how astronomical it is in comparison to white women. And my mom was like, what? You know, and I said, I was like, well, and she was like, how does that happen? Like, she just couldn't, like, yeah. that was her immediate reaction, you know? And I'm not saying that to shame my mom, but it, it's that stuff that is being called out that, like, we have to talk about. Yeah. Because it is not shocking to people of color. This yeah. is their life. This is what yeah. they've lived for centuries. And that's, that's, that's what I wanted to say about, like, this, these two weeks of like these things popping up in, in our culture, in the news, like, you know, those, those two things that were basically entertainment for me, the Hannah Brown thing, the woman in central park, like I consumed as entertainment. I checked back in on them, uh, to see what else, what else was going on. (laughs) Like what, what's the latest news on these people? Oh great. She got fired. They took her dog away. Fuck. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, rewatching the video mm. to like to like enjoy her sounding like such a fucking idiot, <laughs> but then within that same day, 
this horrible video out of Minneapolis comes out Mm -hmm. and it's a man being murdered on camera Mm -hmm. and it's not the first person being murdered on camera Mm -hmm. or or by police uh, this fucking month, you know, like, and it's just like crazy that um, I I just, I I think there's a, uh, yeah, like what you said, we can check out anytime. We don't have to actually live with any of this Mm-mm. so you know i hear the akmad arbery story and the uh what is her name neandra brown this is terrible yeah this is horrible like brianna yeah i think so anyway it's I horrible mean, these people are being executed their lives are being fucking taken away uh under extreme like just such horrible circumstances and shady circumstances and blatant and and yeah and it's like all right i i'm i can't just like look for the fun stories anymore like uh this isn't just you know this isn't just stupid pseudo celebrities saying stupid things on their social media this is these are people being uh being killed that didn't deserve to be killed and i mean it's just dozens at this point since ferguson you know like and trayvon and you know it's like so many and these people are just the, and these are just the ones that we're hearing about that are like yeah. making the headlines you know what i mean and like it's just um you know we're we're not bringing anything new to this dialogue (laughs) like we're just like a couple of well-intentioned unpacking our own hair inherent racism white people that like want to do better and uh and are paying attention and are trying to figure out what our next steps are um so we're not here to like tell you what to do or this is just like our experience currently of like how we're kind of navigating this and negotiating it. And, uh, it brings up just so many uncomfortable feelings. Also has been bringing up like a lot of memories for me too. Um, I don't know. I feel like I, and none of this is like, me trying to justify being like a good person in all my years or whatever. But I, I grew up primarily around white people my entire life in Connecticut, my high school, my college, everything, pretty much all white people, uh, which I feel like I always felt pretty uncomfortable with. Like I had some awareness of it and I didn't, really love it and I was often drawn to people that felt different from like the white norm to me growing up uh but then I think it would enter into some sort of like white savior type shit for me when I was like even really young like there was a a girl that came to my high school who I just and we would have like a handful of like black kids that came to my high my high school for um 
on scholarships. Mm-hmm. And they stood out and they... Because it was a private school. It was private school. And I think because I felt like I was a scholarship kid too, because I didn't pay anything to go there. I felt some sort of camaraderie, but I also was like desperate to fit in with like the passing rich white people. And this girl came into our class freshman year and she was just like a fucking spirit and a personality. Tasha Hall. God, I loved her. And, but like, she was like complicated and messy and came from this life that I just like didn't understand. And like, uh, and I invited her over to my house and I like really tried to like make her a part of my life because I genuinely liked her. But I think it also had that element of just like, she comes from a really bad part of town. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to invite her over and like help her out and like show her what life is like over here, <laughs> you know? And I think there's like, I have quite a bit of that. I feel like in my growing up, yeah, um, which is kind of weird to unpack too, to think of, you know, like, I don't, I'm still kind of like trying to make sense of like, why that's popping up in my head and like how yeah. it relates to all of this. But, and it's not to be like, I'm different. It's just, I guess it's just to say it's felt like something that's been on my mind, maybe not as presently as it should have been, but it's always been there a little bit, but I really struggle with the desire to, to check out from it even now. Yeah. You know, especially now actually, because I'm fucking pregnant and I'm just like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, uh, that was quite a ramble, but I don't know if it, speaking of memories, I plugged in this hard drive the other day to shuffle footage around. And I have all these old tapes of me and my college friends on spring break. Mm. And, uh, we're, we're drunk in most of them and just like talking trash to the camera and having a good time. And I'm like, it's like nails on a chalkboard to listen to myself speaking because I, at the time we were in a band together and me and one other guy were like, we would do rap verses. We like had all these raps and rhymes and, uh, (laughs) Stanzas, if you will. You know, raps, rhymes. (laughs) And we, the whole spring, on that spring break trip, we were obsessed with getting people to know about our band. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like we convinced different venues to let us play on their stage and use their instruments. And we had like three songs at that point. Like, well, I don't really remember. But um, when I'm drunk and talking to the camera, I'm full on... Uh, for lack of a better phrase, talking black mm. or code switching, I guess is what mm. you call it. It's like, yo, 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 what's up? We're here in Cancun. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we, <laughs> and it's like not the full Joe Biden, <laughs> not fully in earnest, not like obviously yeah. being a little bit silly, but also trying thinking I sounded cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I. I is it racist? Yeah, I probably on some some yeah. le, uh, some spectrum of it all. Yeah. Uh, but I'm loving the language I'm hearing from this book we're about to read about how like 
racism is a virus that you mm-hmm. uh, you just we just all have, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, to some degree or another. But like anyway, watching these tapes and hearing myself talk in that way and um, really wanting to be a rapper. Like I just had this phase of like, <laughs> this is going to be how I express myself. Um <laughs> It's a, yeah, I'm just like, Which even man. that is like a conversation about like appropriation and, yeah. and a, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. It's, and, and, and from a young age, just being obsessed with hip hop culture and loving, uh, you know, certain bands and rappers and groups and just like being so into what the, what they created, but never really taking the time to learn what they were even talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, like just the last few days have gotten into listening to a bunch of, Wu-Tang that I always enjoyed and today was Biggie. Today was Biggie day mm. with Peggy out there. And uh <laughs> Biggie and Peggy. This is when I go on my walks with Peggy. I'm like listening to <laughs> like really good rap lately. And uh and I'm just like, "Oh yeah, like it's right there in the lyrics." Mm-hmm. Like everything the black community wanted us to hear is all there mm-hmm. and like I never actually just sat and really thought about what they were talking about like even if they're talking about drugs and guns and whatever like that's not what they're talking about right they're talking about an environment and a and a problem and you know like a systemic problem or one that they were born into that they don't have control over yeah and i'm just like oh my god it's so interesting that i i don't know it's like well i listen to uh, you know, I listen to a tribe called Quest, so I'm I'm an enlightened white guy. It's like, no, I'm not. It's just good music. It fucking sounds amazing. So totally. of course I listen to it. But did I really do anything with that? You know? Um, so I don't know. It seems like a good time to just like do some emotional labor, do some work, mm-hmm. do a shit ton of listening and yeah. witnessing and uh and financially contributing mm-hmm. um i'm like just today like sort of did a little bit of like researching like what does make sense to give money mm-hmm. to uh we can't really afford to be giving much money to anything except our own family but we uh, can and we can't but you know i also I mean? can't i also can't afford to get out and like I mean, I guess we can march, but like we, this child is coming soon. Yeah. I mean, I, I've talked to people about that and that it feels very challenging to feel like I, I shouldn't go march. Um, I was just saying to a friend this morning, I was like, every time I think about like, Oh, well, I'm pregnant, so, like, I need to just... I'm eight months pregnant, but, like, I just need to, like, be home and rest and whatever. And it's, like, what about the black mom who's eight months pregnant? Like, is she is she doing the same self-care? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hope so. I wish that, you know. Um, but it's just... It's hard not to to think about it in those terms. And honestly, I mean, like I, you know, not to toot my own white horn, <laughs> but I've been, I've always like donated for a while. Like I don't give a ton, but I do like a monthly thing to like 
since Trump was elected, I've been giving monthly to like Planned Parenthood, ACLU, the Human Rights Campaign. Um, oh, and I just started giving to the Humane Society because I love dogs. <laughs> um, and just like $10 a month, but I've been doing like $10 a month for almost four years for all of those things. And, uh, but it's like, I, I don't think about it. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, it just comes out of my account and I'm like, well, at least I'm doing that, I guess. It's like the bare minimum. Um, and that's what it feels like. And I know it's, I guess it, it probably is the bare minimum, right? Um, I did start a monthly donation to Black Lives Matter at about three o'clock in the morning this morning when I, when I woke up um, of $25 a month. Um, and I'm thinking that, and whatever the amount, it's like, I wish I, I wish I had the uh, financial clarity to understand what I could truly give. Um, I just don't right now. And there was something about, I, I, I'm getting $325 from unemployment. So I like the idea of that $25 of unemployment from the government is going to Black Lives mm. Matter. <laughs> that was my like little mousetrap thing that I did in my head when I decided on the amount. Um, I think also there's something to about it being local, like the New York bailout fund, like while everybody's being arrested right. for these protests, like obviously that's happening everywhere. Um, but I think there is something to like, it's like, we're in New York, the protests are happening here in our city. Like, let me contribute to this bailout fund. And, you know, people that are in LA can contribute to LA and people that are in Minneapolis contribute, you know, it's like, I, I want to contribute everything. I wish honestly that like I had enough money to just fucking throw it at everything. Um, but that's also like, it's just not, it's just not entirely the solution. And I think it's like, it's the idea that, um, we wish we could fix it now. Yeah. And that's just like not possible, but these starting this book club where we're going to read white fragility together. And, um, well, one thing I'm doing to see if I'm doing enough is to look around and find some people that I know I'm doing more than <laughs> because what I'm enjoying, uh, what I'm enjoying is that, uh, some people get a real happy trigger finger with sharing memes that support their side. Mm. And I just came across this one that, uh, makes me proud that we're even having this conversation that we're willing to, uh, like talk to other people and mm -hmm. listen to more people and yeah but here's a meme shared by a family member of mine that oh, says God. uh it's a, it's a portrait of martin luther king <sighs> and it says looted nothing burned nothing attacked no one change the world which isn't true yeah <laughs> which is not true it's not true it's people a lie. Are, people are literally being lynched continuously. And, like he, and people grasp onto this idea that he was like this peaceful protester. But there's all sorts of stuff that has come out about the fact that like 
yeah, maybe that was his ultimate goal, but he was like a very hated person at the time of his life. I mean, it's more than likely he was assassinated by the CIA. Oh yeah, here here goes the white guy conspiracy. Don't get me going (laughs) on CIA. They also killed John F. Kennedy. And people who wanted progress. George H.W. Bush was probably involved in that murder. Also, separate podcast, different time. (laughs) Yeah, let's not focus on the CIA conspiracies right now. So anyway, the ease with which this meme was probably shared by them was like, yeah, I don't like what I'm seeing on TV. Right. This is violent. It doesn't make sense. Um, And look, it's horrible. It's all horrible. Uh, and and I don't, I'm not eloquent enough or educated enough to really explain why it makes sense to burn down, uh, you know the the city blocks, whatever. But like, uh, I'm also not. I, I know that I also know like I I'm not the authority to be like, well, no. Martin Luther King didn't do that, right? Yeah, we don't get to stand in our righteousness right mm-hmm. now, like, or or ever really, but for like, particularly right now, it's like, because it seems like, and this is a generalization, people that are posting things like that, they also are very quick to defend whatever other ungodly things like, you know, freaking out over the Second Amendment or like following some trail of like how... Trump is like not as much of an evildoer as like the left wing media says, or, you know, it's just like the, I guess the point I'm trying to make horribly is just like the lack of looking at oneself and the role in which we play in all of this is the problem. Yeah. You know, like, yes, if we're just looking at things black and white for, I mean, I didn't even mean it like that, but yeah, like whatever. Objectively. Like uh, violence is not ideal, right? You know, like war is bad. Violence is bad. Like we don't want those things, but they come from so many places and so many systems and like, Ugh, I don't know. My thoughts are I'm, getting carried away. I'm also curious. Is it a diction? Is it dictionary definition violence if a building is burned down and no people are hurt? Oh, I don't know. Like, or is that just vandalism? That might just be vandalism. I don't know. It just seems like these people who would share a meme like that. Uh, which I get, like, I mean, I get why that makes sense. It's like two plus two equals four right. in that case, you know, it's like, but it's also but, but not it's, accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like um, it's inaccurate but, and impulsive. But, but what I want to say though about that, that person is that they identify as a person probably who, uh, and not the individual, I'm just saying that type of person is like, yeah, I saw the George Floyd video and I think it's horrible. That, mm. that cop should should be charged with a crime and that's not how police should be. Like, mm-hmm. like I do believe they feel like they're on the right side mm-hmm. generally 
for the specific situation, but they cannot wrap their heads around what the entire black population Mm -hmm. is going through and has been going through for generations. And that's what's annoying. It's like before you click share, why not just like think like what else can I ask my Mm -hmm. what else can I find out about this? What else? Like, why is this a thing? Like, I mean, I, I went on one of the marches in, I I want to say 2015 or 16. Yeah, I remember that. Whenever the, whenever shit flared up again. I know. I'm like, which horrible murder was that that was the instigator? Was it Ferguson? It must have been Mike Brown. Oh, God, I can't remember. I, know, I mean, but that's how fucking horrible. It was like a beautiful thing experience but it it was also like kind of sad that like all right i did that now i don't know what else to do and then like feeling like very like a very powerful feeling of like oh yeah everyone who's here we're all on the same side like these are not the people who need to actually think about what any of these signs say Right. Uh, And the same with our book club. Like, our book club's going to be great, and I'm so glad we're doing it, but none of us actually need to be... I mean, that's a stretch to say none of us need to be reading the book, but it's, like, not... Like, I I sort of put a vague post out, like, hey, I'm doing this book club about this specific book about race. Everyone's welcome. And, I'm, you know, it's like I had selfish motives. Like, I wanted certain people to uh say yeah I'm, I, i'd like to learn about that i'm ready to change yeah <laughs> and not that i think and like honestly nobody in my life i'm like they need an intervention they are racist and i need to help them see the light it's not even that it's more like yeah what are the what are the subconscious unconscious biases that we have that we can but i think that that is like I think that is a call to action is that like we do need to challenge the people in our life more, you know, and that it's insidious. It's a virus, you know, so it's like we may have family and friends in our life that are not include including ourselves that are not, um, you know, this outward idea of racist, but like what is happening is the reckoning of like, we are all racist. (laughs) Like we are all subscribing to this way of life that we, we deserve more, you know, like how the system has been set up is for us is for white people to succeed and not acknowledging that, that like the system is set up for us to succeed and non-white people to like fight for their fucking lives basically, you know, and the, even just the idea of like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, like that is a racist sentiment because it's like not taking into account how the system is set up to like kill you basically if you're not a white person, Mm -hmm. like, and if you somehow rise above the odds, you're this like amazing example you're this power of example like see it can be done Mm -hmm. as opposed to like why is the system set up this way why are there just rare exceptions 
you know? Yeah. And I think that's, and I don't do a good job of not being preachy to my family members, but I also feel very fortunate that at least in my immediate family, like everyone wants to have this conversation and discuss it. But it's like, you know, we were just saying the other day, we had a, like a zoom birthday party for my, my grandmother and most of my family is in the South and, um, there, the racism that goes on down there has made me uncomfortable since I was a very young child. Uh, cause it's a lot more obvious than the racism in Connecticut, uh, to me anyway. And, um, you know, we had some relatives be like, Hey, stay safe, stay safe in New York, you know? And you and I were both just like, we're safe. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we're not the ones that are like, you don't need to worry about us. Honestly, you know, it's like, obviously it came from a good place. I'm eight months pregnant. You know, they're trying to be sweet, but it's still that idea of like, I just feel like my privilege is like bitch slapping me across the face of just like, we have a choice. We like, we have been set up for success, you know, mm -hmm. even though we're like fucking sober drug addicts who maybe didn't come from like wealthy families or something, but we're still like educated white people that live in a nice home, have a nice roof deck. We can choose to go in or out as we want, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like we figured out a way to get good health insurance. Our unemployment money's coming in. Like we're safe. We're good. Yeah. We got a car, you know, it's like we we're going to be OK and uh, we're very, very lucky for that. But it's like these are the things we have to like call into question that like why are other people that are not white not presented with the opportunity for like safety, you know? Yeah. I also just feel like this is the ramblings of a a person that who cares, but that's the name of the podcast, right? <gasps> Peggy, it's okay. There was a loud crash outside and Peggy is startled. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. We're just chatting. Yeah. It's hard. Not, I get very self deprecating in these times too, you yeah. know, where it's like, it's very hard not to feel like just shut up already. Yeah. To myself. I mean, yeah, like I was trying to articulate to you, we were driving to your doctor appointment on Wednesday and we were talking about some race stuff and I, I have to get over some knee jerk reactions I have to stuff mm. like the punchline of well, what do I know? I'm just another white lady or listen to me, the white lady trying to whatever or mm. or people calling out white women this white women mm -hmm. that or straight white men this mm -hmm. straight white men that i i get like and it's usually other white people saying those things yeah like, yeah yeah like uh you know social socially aware social justice seeking white yeah, people black people do it you're like you're right you're right <laughs> yeah um and i'm just like I don't know, like, like to, um, to self-dep, over self-deprecate about, 
your own whiteness uh i don't know i mean maybe i need to read this book to learn what even makes sense with this but uh like like we we had like hmm what am i getting at i i don't know i guess i just get like yeah you're a white person like like yeah you are a white lady and <laughs> that doesn't inherently make you a bad person and like oftentimes it's like no one else is talking about race right now why did you just bring it up mm. uh like then it it just all of a sudden feels charged mm. uh I don't know. I, I kind of, I can't even remember. There was some specific social media post that I was trying to explain to you that I resented. Um, and it was a person I like, like, I don't mm-hmm. know this person all that well, but I like them. And she was being critical of white women in general about something. And I can't even remember what, so, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like, I have these like knee jerk reactions that I know I need to investigate further. Cause, um, you know, I, uh, I recognize my privilege, uh, but I also, I don't want it to be held against me either. Mm. Um, and then I know somebody will say, well, imagine if you're a black person and that's being held against you on all sorts of levels. Like Uh, all day, every day. Yeah. And I, and I'm aware of that too. And I respect that, um, and appreciate it, but, um, yeah. I mean, it just, it brings up very uncomfortable feelings, especially when you think of yourself a certain kind of way, like a liberal ally, Yeah, you know, it makes, it it makes me uncomfortable. And it's like, it's very easy for me to like throw on like, oh, white men, this white men, that, because we all know, we all know you guys are the devil. Come on. But then it's like the critique of like white feminism and and like which absolutely needs to happen. But it it brings up those feelings that you're talking about for me, too, where I'm like, but I'm not like that. It's not me, you know, and it's like, sure, it's me. It's me, too. You know, it's me in a way like if I'm not standing up for certain things the way that they need to be. And also the idea of like just white feminism as like a construct is, has is been problematic from the beginning. I was just saying to you the other day, it's like the suffragette movement started by like not including black women, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like we, feminism started in segregation. Basically. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's like one of the first paragraphs of that book. Uh, women got the right to vote in 1920. Black women got the right to vote in 1965. Like, what the actual fuck? That's insane. It's insane. And like reading it on paper, you're like, oh my God. It's insane. I must have known that from history class or whatever. Probably not though, because I'm sure they didn't fucking tell us. Yeah, but like, (laughs) or it was there. The information was probably there, but they just didn't discuss it. It was just like, here's a date, memorize it for this test. And it's like, oh, for fucking three generations, people were told they didn't matter it's that they weren't americans yeah that's crazy that's that's uh and and it's like that is still what black people are being told mm -hmm. you know in a number of ways and i think because 
and you know, not to even mention the fact that like, or to mention it intentionally, you, like the, one of the most, um, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? Uh, vulnerable populations are, uh, trans women of color. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're being like murdered at a rate that is absolutely insane. And like, that's, you know, people are enraged by like black cis people being murdered, but like queer and like trans black people are like it, people weren't marching in the streets like crazy over like black queer and trans people being murdered, which is like been going on horrifically mm -hmm. as well, you know? And it's like, we don't know their names really. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just like, there's so, there's just like so many layers that it just becomes with my white fragility where I'm just like, put on before the 90 days, please. <laughs> Fiance. <laughs> which is which is privilege i'm like put on my apple tv i can't deal okay yeah. um i was texting with a high school college buddy actually i'll say it, it was josh tatum who wrote this amazing essay about uh, an arrest experience he had where he was in a pretty violent altercation with cops in Orlando, Florida, where he ended up in jail for the night. And like, uh, he just, in this very beautiful way, just makes the point that he, uh, he survived that night with mm. like, kind of like, uh, like some borderline kind of like pats on the back from mm. the cops, you know? Mm. And he lists all the black black men and women who would not have survived that. And he's just such an amazing writer. And that's really cool. We were texting about that and he, he used the word, uh, he was talking about his own childhood and, uh, in our hometown and, uh, just something like, you know, yeah, there were a lot of red flags, uh, and he used the word red flags to, to the idea that maybe, there was some racism around. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and I said, yeah, that's hilarious that you said red flags because there's a whole half of my family that still thinks it's totally appropriate to fly the Confederate flag <laughs> at events. Um, and like, it's like shit like that, that it's like, there's this glib response of like, well, that's not what we use it for. It's not to, it's not for the Confederacy. It's just like, you know, it's for redneck culture, yeah, which is like, it's like that's the redneck flag. Like, that's just as bad, honestly. No, that's that's fine. <laughs> no. Like if no, if you like country music and drinking beers and driving pickup trucks, fuck yeah, have fun. But like, get a different flag. Right. Get like, a fucking like get a, create your flag. Get then. a flag with a skull and crossbones and flames and fucking cans of PBR. Or just like a fucking flag with like a truck on it. <laughs> you know like just like a truck like and like a pack of cigarettes yeah just like your favorite things whatever like a cool ass flag like there's so many things you could do with a flag so many like you designs don't have to appropriate a flag that literally is the glorification of, of slavery of slavery and 
like the murder of millions of black people. So yeah, I was saying that's that, that those are the literal red flags. <laughs> They're literal. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant too when you first said it. Um, but yeah, like that kind of thing, and it, it's yeah, it's like you know, I'm not, I'm not proud. I've said some. I mean. I used to think I was so funny and that I could make anything funny and I could make fun of anyone for any reason. Uh, and I'm talking <laughs> mostly about when I was a drunk, obnoxious fuckface in college and the years, a couple years after college. And I certainly said things to black friends or black people that were not acceptable mm. and, and racist. Mm. Uh, me thinking I was being funny and mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff is um, shit that I got to, you know, look at and cop to and uh, and I guess make amends for. Mm. And I hope to do that with how we raise our child and yeah. how we conduct ourselves in our lives and in our community. Um. I mean, it's it's interesting, like we live in this building in this mostly Latin neighborhood, but, uh, you know, it's it, it's an obvious like white and everyone else kind of segregation vibe that happens in, yeah. in these kinds of neighborhoods like Williamsburg, yeah. Brooklyn, like like all sorts of different neighborhoods have different flavors and but it's it's like whatever the neighborhood is and whatever cultures are there and then the white people who moved in there yes and like in our building we keep coming home to new graffiti on the walls outside and it gets covered up pretty rapidly because we pay like a lot of money in maintenance fees so there's like a budget for the building where they can just like get the painters here to cover <laughs> shit up pretty rapidly and it's it's surreal it's like wait we live in this building that's kind of it's it's a nice building and I let I love our apartment and but it it does feel like sort of isolated and like everyone in here for the most part looks pretty similar uh and then everyone outside of it and then there's like obviously it's many so, there's it's many somewhat other diverse in our building I think like it's definitely not just all white people but there is like yeah, it, there aren't like local people living in our building. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like all people that have like well-paying jobs that are like doing pretty good that yeah. live in our building, you know. Um, And there's many other buildings like this peppered yeah. through our neighborhood. But other than that, when you go outside, it's it's uh, apartment buildings with lots of families and um, people of color. And I love that that's the the cultures that we will be we, we get to be around yeah uh and that our daughter will get to be around but now it's like well how do we actually all live together yeah and how do we pitch in to make this community the best community it can be um and is it our business to do that or yeah. lead that or is yeah. it our business to find who the leaders are already yeah. like um that's all stuff I, 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 I kind of want to be more conscious about because yeah. yeah, we have a fucking global problem and a national, like a national level problem, obviously, but like 
what are we doing here on our block? Mm -hmm. You know, and like, there's got to be something we can. And I think that there are. Yeah, I think that is something that we can do in a more conscious way, especially bringing a kid into this world, like finding these like groups because there are there's definitely like groups in this neighborhood that are like working towards inclusivity and like it not feeling as segregated and um and like not taking over people's neighborhoods and you know not doing the fucking white savior bullshit you know like listening to the people of the mm -hmm. community and i think we that is that is like a tangible thing that you and i can do you know and yeah i mean like even thinking about like the public schools and stuff i'm like you know like what kind of experience to like do we want our daughter to have like i i hope that we can find a way to like not go place her like somewhere else because it's like that's a better school mm -hmm. you know it's like i would rather her have the experience of like the neighborhood that she lives in you know mm -hmm. um i don't know there's just there's like there's so much to think about and how imperfectly we're going to do all of it mm -hmm. <laughs> like but to try to not let the imperfection uh drive us away or drive us back to complacency you know and just it's like well it's easier to just kind of keep living my life the way i've been doing it you know what were we joking about before on the phone we you were saying oh yeah the action group after trump that we we met once we made some to-do lists and then we just <laughs> never followed through with any of it because we're white and busy <laughs> terrible but it's true it's like well i'm white and i'm busy you know so, i got things going on and these are just, just didn't get around to I it i didn't get around to it because I'm you know sorry. my day-to-day -day life is not really being affected I had tasks yeah you know i'm like a lot of loose ends <laughs> it's, it's terrible but like <laughs> Like, you know, George Floyd and what happened to him is like, like, I don't want to live in that fucking country, you know? I know. And I want to... Or Breonna I, I wanna, Taylor, like, she was a fucking EMT, like, on the front lines during all of this, and they busted into her house and shot her. Like, yeah. it's horrific. Yeah, and like I don't want to live in that country. I want to live in a country I'm proud to live in and um you know, I guess like like this is a government for the pe it's like we the people, so it's our responsibility yeah. to make it the country we want to live in. Yeah. So, um this is the these are tasks that do concern us. Mm -hmm. And uh we got to be white and busy with those. <laughs> Yes. Yes, it's true. It's and like I think also just like not being afraid to have these conversations and not be afraid to sound stupid or to be called out by people like people of color being like you sound fucking stupid or like you sound racist like 
not to be afraid of that. Not that we should be trying to, but you know what I'm saying? Just be teachable. Like, be teachable. Um, obviously listen more than talk. Uh, but also like have these challenging conversations with people in our lives that we're scared to have because it just feels so uncomfortable. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like the listening portion is great. And listening also means checking in on how our friends of color are communicating mm-hmm. about this stuff on social media. Mm-hmm. Cause one thing that comes up time and time again that I'm reading is people saying, Oh, you can Google that. Like, yeah. Cause it's so easy to be like, what can I be doing to, to help right now? Yeah. And it's, it's putting a lot of emotional labor on our yep. friends of color to explain things all the time. Yep. Like if, if it's Googleable, Google it. If it's, yeah. if there's a book written about it, read it. Like these are the things that I plan to do because if, yeah, it feels good to reach out to a friend and say, Hey, really thinking about you. Uh, Let me know how I can help. Like, or what, what do you, what do you recommend I do? Like it feels good to do that, but then it's like a fucking annoying homework assignment they now have. Yeah. um, And I mean, for me, it, and and it's like if you follow all these kind of various social media accounts, whether it's like friends or businesses or, you know, influencers or whatever that are talking about this stuff, even the people of color that are like, don't bother me with this are still like posting, telling us what to do. You know what I mean? So it's like it's still it's like all there. It's for all you. available. It's all available to you without like laying it at somebody's fucking doorstep being like, tell me what to do. Or even just like, there's like a couple accounts I follow where they'll be sort of like white women chiming in being like, thank you so much. Like blah, blah, blah. And like, even that, you know, it's like, just shut up and listen, just listen, just read. Yeah. You don't, you don't it's, need to like lay it at the doorstep over and over again. And I, and I think that's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow too, because that feels like the right thing to do. Uh, but I think in this instance, it's like truly just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> just like, shut the fuck up. Like, listen to what people are saying. Listen, read what people are posting. Like really read it. Because Even, they are telling you, yeah. I don't want to fucking hear it from you. Like, yeah. go out and talk to your white friends about what you could do. Don't yeah. talk to me. And then people were like, thank you so much for doing <laughs> you know? And it's that's hard to hear, but it's like, they're telling you, you yeah. know? So just fucking listen. Well, we solved it. <laughs> and guess what? We're white and we're busy, so we got to go. Um, No, I mean... Thanks for listening. If you did, I mean, you know, I don't know. We, we, (laughs) we do this podcast every week and we talk about whatever we care about. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'm like, of course I'm like, ugh, is this performative? Is this, uh, you know, some kind of virtue signaling, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? I, 
really do feel that our hearts are in the right place and um we want to we want to be helpful you know like i think if you break things down to their most basic it's like is this helpful to a problem that's Mm. going on or is this supporting the problem and Mm. i don't know i think this is a little bit helpful and i mean listen we know we have other white people that listen to this so it's like at the very least hopefully we're having some we're opening up some sort of dialogue yeah and even if it's just between each other which i think is just as important we just happen to be holding microphones while we're (laughs) while we're doing it um and you know we're performers so maybe it's a little performative but uh ultimately this is not about cracking jokes about any of this it's just like we have to fucking process and talk about this shit like what else are we supposed to fucking do and we do we we have a podcast already so here we are talking about it yeah as best we can which is for me i'm sure i just want to get on the soapbox and tell you about how dumb i think i sound but i won't but I do like to get on the soapbox, though. Yeah. Like, I'm still going to get on the soapbox, but then I'm going to be like, uh, aren't I the worst? Don't I look like a fucking idiot up here? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I don't. Oh, oh, they're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, I do. Trust me, I do. But while I'm up here, here's what you all need to be doing. <laughs> I'm like, mom, listen to me. <laughs> All right, we're going to go and watch 90 Day Fiance <laughs> where several storylines involve the fetish, fetishization. Yes, that is a hard word to say. Fetishization, fetishization of minorities oftentimes. Oh my God, it is so real. It's definitely incredibly problematic. But hang in there, everybody, and um, yes. keep keep fighting the good fights and helping each other out and taking care of each other and... Yeah. Uh, loving love. Yeah. Yeah. All the things, you it's know, all burning. <laughs> we chose a hell of a time to bring another white person into the world, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to do our best to dismantle some shit. We promise. All right. Love you. Love you too. <laughs> Oh, them? Yeah. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bing, 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 bing.